chapter three twenty four of gargantua and pantagruel book three by francois rabelais this librivox recording is in the public domain how panurge consulteth with epistemon having left the town of villamere as they were upon their return towards pantagruel panurge in addressing his discourse to epistemon spoke thus my most ancient friend and gossip thou seest the perplexity of my thoughts and knowest many remedies for the removal thereof art thou not able to help and succour me epistemon thereupon taking the speech in hand represented unto panurge how the open voice and common fame of the whole country did run upon no other discourse but the derision and mockery of his new disguise wherefore his counsel unto him was that he would in the first place be pleased to make use of a little hellebore for the purging of his brain of that peccant humour which through that extravagant and fantastic mummery of his had furnished the people with a too just occasion of flouting and gibing jeering and scoffing him and that next he would resume his ordinary fashion of accoutrement and go apparelled as he was wont to do i am quoth panurge my dear gossip epistemon of a mind and resolution to marry but am afraid of being a cuckold and to be unfortunate in my wedlock for this cause have i made a vow to young st francis who at place les tours is much reverenced of all women earnestly cried unto by them and with great devotion for he was the first founder of the confraternity of good men whom they naturally covet affect and long for to wear spectacles in my cap and to carry no codpiece in my breeches until the present inquietude and perturbation of my spirits be fully settled truly quoth the pistemon that is a pretty jolly vow a thirteen to a dozen it is a shame to you and i wonder much at it that you do not return unto yourself and recall your senses from this their wild swerving and straying abroad to that rest and stillness which becomes a virtuous man this whimsical conceit of yours brings me to the remembrance of a solemn promise made by the shag-haired argives who having in their controversy against the lacedaemonians for the territory of thyrea lost the battle which they hoped should have decided it for their advantage vowed to carry never any hair on their heads till pre-allibly they had recovered the loss of both their honour and lands as likewise to the memory of the vow of a pleasant spaniard called michael dorus who vowed to carry in his hat a piece of the shin of his leg till he should be revenged of him who had struck it off yet do not i know which of these two deserveth most to wear a green and yellow hood with a hare's ears tied to it either the aforesaid vainglorious champion or that enguerrand who having forgot the art and manner of writing histories set down by the samosatian philosopher maketh a most tediously long narrative and relation thereof 
for at the first reading of such a profuse discourse one would think it had been broached for the introducing of a story of great importance and moment concerning the waging of some formidable war or the notable change and mutation of potent states and kingdoms but in conclusion the world laugheth at the capricious champion at the englishman who had affronted him as also at their scribbler en engerant more drivelling at the mouth than a mustard pot the jest and scorn thereof is not unlike to that of the mountain of horse which by the poet was made to cry out and lament most enormously as a woman in the pangs and labour of childbirth at which deplorable and exorbitant cries and lamentations the whole neighbourhood being assembled in expectation to see some marvellous monstrous production could at last perceive no other but the paltry ridiculous mouse your mousing quoth panurge will not make me leave my musing why folks should be so frumpishly disposed seeing i am certainly persuaded that some flout who merit to be flouted at yet as my vow imports so will i do it is now a long time since by jupiter philos a mistake of the translators m we did swear faith and amity to one another give me your advice billy and tell me your opinion freely should i marry or no truly quoth epistemon the case is hazardous and the danger so eminently apparent that i find myself too weak and insufficient to give you a punctual and peremptory resolution therein and if ever it was true that judgment is difficult in matters of the medicinal art what was said by hippocrates of lango it is certainly so in this case true it is that in my brain there are some rolling fancies by means whereof somewhat may be pitched upon of a seeming efficacy to the disentangling your mind of those dubious apprehensions wherewith it is perplexed but they do not thoroughly satisfy me some of the platonic sect affirm that whosoever is able to see his proper genius may know his own destiny i understand not their doctrine nor do i think that you adhere to them there is a palpable abuse i have seen the experience of it in a very curious gentleman of the country of astangour this is one of the points there is yet another not much better if there were any authority now in the oracles of jupiter amon of apollo in Lebedea, delphos delos Chira, patara tigaris prenesti lycia colophon or in the castalian fountain near antiochia in syria between the branchidians of bacchus and dodona of mercury and fairies near patras of apis in egypt of serapis in canopy of faunus in manalia and albunia near tivoli of tiresias in orchomenus of mopsus in cilicia of orpheus in lesbos and of trophonius in leucadia i would in that case advise you and possibly not to go thither for their judgment concerning the design and enterprise you have in hand but you know that they are all of them become as dumb as so many fishes since the advent of that saviour king whose coming to this world hath made all oracles and prophecies to cease as the approach of the sun's radiant beams expelleth goblins bugbears 
hob thrushes bromes screech owl mates night walking spirits and tenebrions these now are gone but although they were as yet in continuance and in the same power rule and request that formerly they were yet would not i counsel you to be too credulous in putting any trust in their responses too many folks have been deceived thereby it stands furthermore upon record how agrippina did charge the fair lalia with the crime of having interrogated the oracle of apollo clarius to understand if she should be at any time married to the emperor claudius for which cause she was first banished and thereafter put to a shameful and ignominious death but saith panurge let us do better the ogygian islands are not far distant from the haven of samalo let us after that we shall have spoken to our king make a voyage thither in one of these four isles to wit that which hath its primest aspect towards the sun setting it is reported and i have read in good antique and authentic authors that there reside many soothsayers fortune-tellers vaticinators prophets and diviners of things to come that saturn inhabiteth that place bound with fair chains of gold and within the concavity of a golden rock being nourished with divine ambrosia and nectar which are daily in great store and abundance transmitted to him from the heavens by i do not well know what kind of fowls it may be that they are the same ravens which in the deserts are said to have fed st paul the first hermit he very clearly foretelleth unto every one who is desirous to be certified of the condition of his lot what his destiny will be and what future chance the fates have ordained for him for the parsi or weird sisters do not twist spin or draw out a thread nor yet doth jupiter perpend project or deliberate anything which the good old celestial father knoweth not to the full even whilst he is asleep this will be a very summary abbreviation of our labour if we but hearken unto him a little upon the serious debate and canvassing of this my perplexity that is answered epistemon a gullery too evident a plain abuse and fib too fabulous i will not go not i i will not go End of chapter three twenty four